We're coming to you live from Morris Media Studios on Crenshaw Boulevard in Lamert Park with veteran radio producer Felicia the Poetess Morris. This is Off the Record, where we talk with people about our community, its music, our history, and our culture of speaking up to understand how Councilmember Marquise Harris Dawson served South LA. <laughs> Welcome to MHD Off the Record. I'm Marquise Harris Dawson. I'm the council member of the 8th Council District representing South Los Angeles. But here on this podcast, I'm just MHD. Here on Off the Record, we focus on engaging people with big ideas and on learning more about each other and our uh, community. Today, I've got three very, very special guests, uh, the young women of HBO Max's Sweet Life Los Angeles. Whenever someone uh, does a show that features our district and shows our community in a positive light and shows it as beautiful and as vibrant and energetic as it is, uh, we love to shine the light on those folks. And so for a few minutes uh, during this podcast, we're very honored to talk to Amanda Scott, Brianna Jones, and Tylen Burns. Could each of you uh, just take 30 seconds, introduce yourself, where you're from, what you do, and what your relationship to our community of South Los Angeles is? Um, I'm Brianna. I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan originally, but now I live in Inglewood. Um, I work for a large hospital corporation in their case management department, and then I also have my own business. It's called Butterfly Brie. Excellent. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Amanda Scott. I am one of the cast members of Sweet Life LA, um, born and raised in Inglewood, California. Um, I am a PR professional, so I work in PR and media, and then I also have a lash company called The Collection. Yeah, and I'm Thailand, um, born and raised in Inglewood, so that's kind of my relationship to South LA. By day, I'm a recruiter at an ad agency, but at night I have House Party Creative that is a boutique events agency. So uh, thank you so much. The show is so exciting. Uh, I will admit to have watching all but one episode of the first season. Uh, so I, I think I was able to keep up uh, with what was going on. Lots of things are impressive about the show, but two things are particularly impressive to me. Uh, one is how you all relate to the community, but two, how you all uh, look at this issue of generational wealth. I notice all of you have your own ventures that you're um, trying to start and get going. Uh, as a, a local elected official, I've always said the economy is never going to come to us. The economy that this country has is never going to work for our community's benefit. All we got to do is look at history to see that. If, if we really want the kind of economy that provides for us, we've got to make it ourselves. And it seems like you all have dedicated yourselves to do, do that. Each of you uh, have a business. Each of you have a relationship and strong opinions about generational wealth in our community. And I would love to hear you all talk more about that. Let's begin with Amanda. Um, yeah, so um, on the show, I think that's a major theme is legacy building and generational wealth. Um, as for me, I just recently, or it's about a year ago, ago now, um, I bought a, a property in South LA. Um, it was, it's my first piece of property. I'm a first time home buyer. And that was really pivotal for me because I feel like it's my first kind of piece of generational wealth and something that I can leave to like my children and my children's children. Um, I think it's really important that we are uplifting uh, our communities through economics, through equity, um, through shopping local and shopping small. And so I kind of coined the phrase buy black the block in on the show and that's just an ode to you know taking back our communities thwarting gentr gentrification 
and shopping with each other. So that's my take on it. Very cool. Thank you, Tylen. Yeah, so I mean, when you think of generational wealth, it is kind of sad that, you know, people like ourselves who are in their mid-20s have to even try to conquer such a large, you know, thing that's happening in our community. And, you know, it's not our parents' fault, our grandparents' fault that they weren't equipped with the resources to be able to pass down to us. Um, but I think, you know, my generation has a huge burden when it comes to generational wealth. And I think we are trying to figure it out right now. You can see that in the show. It's like, we're talking about legacy tables. People want to start businesses. They want to, you know, do all these crazy things. And we don't really take a chance to kind of see where we are now and the things we've accomplished now. And I mean, I I might seem like I had it figured out on the show, but I, I really don't. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out ways to pour back into my community. And I just feel like, you know, as a collective, if we don't get it right now, somebody else might get it right because we're laying that foundation. And I think that we're truly, you know, even if we don't feel self-fulfilled with the things that we're doing, we might be giving our, we might be giving the missing key to somebody else's journey to, you know, generational wealth. So I think right now is just, let's continue building, building with each other and kind of laying down, you know, the roadmaps for future generations. Excellent. And Amanda. Oh, sorry, it's Brianna. my turn. Brianna, yes, sorry. I just want to kind of go off of what Tylin said that our generation is like, we talk about generational wealth so much. And I just feel like I personally don't have that much knowledge. Like I haven't really been handed down a lot of tools or resources myself and my family. So I am just trying to be that person to really build that for my family. And yeah, I'm sorry if that. So, so many, no, that's, that's, uh, those are, those are very good issues to raise. I really appreciate the humility which, with, with which you all talk about your work um, because so many people I find in the community have a good idea or a good product or, you know, they may be on the block and, you know, they customize sneakers or they do hair or they do something and they have in their head that the gap between where they are and having a business is really, really big and something that they can't overcome. Uh, can you all talk about how you figured out, hey, I can have my own thing and my own thing can be successful and here are the things that I need to get off the dime and turn it from an idea in my head or a conversation amongst my friends to an actual business where someone can go online or come in a storefront and actually participate in uh, purchasing my product? I think a strong circle, which I found is the key to that, when you have people that you can lean on or you you know you're going to have countless support regardless if it fails or wins i think that gives you a lot of confidence in your ideas and just starting stuff um i think i am where i am because i have such a strong support system and people continue to support me because if they didn't i might be in my head and be like my ideas were whack you know but to have constant you know affirmations from people around me who love me and support me just is really to me the key to having you know your ideas come to fruition yeah i also think it's easier and like more motivating when your peers around you have successful businesses it just you see someone just like you doing it and you think okay cool i can do this too and i just think for like buttered by brie like my biggest hurdle was just like getting started so yeah if anyone were to like ask me for advice, I would literally just say like, just start and then worry about perfecting everything later down the line. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that like, I'm a huge proponent of just like business and enterprise. So I always tell people like my younger cousins and like a younger generation, like everything's a business or can be a business. Um, it's just the way that you kind of package it and put it up. Um, but also just like, you know, 
using your skills and talents to like work for yourself to 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 work for you excuse me um i think it's super important so i just encourage like rihanna just people to start like start scared start unprepared like just go for it but just start just start i love that that is um very very valuable advice maybe we can get you all to have a a, a course uh, a business school course uh, for our community sometime down the line. Uh, another question I think everybody's very, very curious about, uh, you know, Sweet Life Los Angeles is kind of a groundbreaking show. It's kind of a reality show, but it's done in a very, very different kind of way than the reality shows we've seen. And it focuses on uh, on our community. Can you all just tell us the, the, the story of how you got involved, how the experience was and, and how it's impacted your life since then? Yes. So um, I got hit up by Gerald and Jordan about the opportunity and they said that they passed my name through the pipeline. Wow. Um, I had one call that was about 10 minutes. They asked me to send some people I think that would be good for it. So I sent Bree, I sent Amanda, I sent Rebecca and a few other friends. And from there, it just kind of took off. Yeah, I would say that that's definitely how it happened. Thailand hit me up one day and was like, they are working on this untitled Issa Rae project. That's what it was being called originally. Um, and I did my interview and they liked it and it's, it's gone from there. Um, but I would say as far as impact, it's definitely been a ride and it's been um, just a really great opportunity for me and just like my friends to showcase like what we have going on. Um, and it's been a really good look for the community, for South LA, for entrepreneurship. Um, so it's had a really, really positive impact, I think, externally and internally. It's been great to just like have, you know, courageous conversations on camera, things that you typically wouldn't talk about or finding like, you know, holding your friends accountable. Like we, there's been a bunch of like positive takeaways from the show personally as well. So it's been a good experience. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. I have been. I have gotten so much better at communicating just since being on the show because like Amanda said, we have to have these conversations on camera, have to open up, have to be vulnerable to our friends. And yeah, it's just really like improve the way that I speak to other people and just like the way that I express myself. Hi, tell me more about that because I was amazed at some of the conversations that you all had on camera. It was very clear or at least, or you all did a good job acting that it wasn't stage. You weren't doing three and four takes. Like it was the real face-to-face, -face, uh, eyeball to eyeball conversations and hard conversations. People conversations, people have a difficult time having even when they're not on camera. Uh, and you all did that, you know, on camera at Ladera Park in a restaurant, you know, out in public. Uh, <laughs> real curious for uh, how you all felt while that was happening and how you summons the the courage to do that and. And what did the team do to help you feel comfortable doing that? Well, the most of the producers and um, the camera crew are like people that look like us. They're mostly like black and brown women. Um, and so it just like, it makes you feel comfortable and safe in those spaces. So it really wasn't hard for me to open up and be vulnerable because I felt really protected by the team and by the producers. It also helped that we were in, well, for me, it helped that we were in places <clears throat> and in locations that I've visited before and like I've been to and come to on a regular with like my parents and things. So it was like a familiar environment. So that helped for me a lot. Cause it's like, oh, I'm five minutes from home. And like, you know, I could walk to go see a friend right now if I wanted to. So that helped as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think actually, yes, sorry. 
Oh yeah, I was just saying, I think actually being friends with these people, you know, it just, I mean, it was hard, it's twofold. Like it was super hard because it's like, oh my God, I have to deliver my message and my emotions and my thoughts right here and right now. And it might not come off the way that I want to. And obviously we had to do a lot of damage control after the fact, but you know, us being friends, we that kind of got us through a lot because it's like, I'm not giving up on this person, you know? And it just kind of made you want to grow with them and learn their, the ins and outs of them and just kind of be a good friend for them on camera. And so it was hard, but it was definitely very self-reflective. Yes. I think everyone could say. And, and what did you learn, especially from the hard conversations? Cause I know a lot of times uh, folks are afraid to have hard conversations because they think, oh, this will blow up the relationship or I'll look bad or, uh, things like that. What was your what was your takeaway and your experience in in having those kinds of conversations? I just think that it's so much bigger than us. This moment and this show, like me being vulnerable for thirty minutes, is changing someone's life. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I think once we step into those shoes and hold ourselves accountable for that, it just makes it so much more worth the while. And so, especially going into next next season I'm just going into it as like obviously Thailand but now I have people who are rooting for me and I'm allowing them to root for themselves and so I'm just gonna always continue to put my best foot forward and be as open as I can with you know my life so Brianna and I'm I'm, go ahead Amanda I was just gonna say for me um a takeaway from me on the show Thailand mentioned that it's very self-reflective I always say like well watching yourself on TV is like watching a mirror. Um, I feel like I had a lot of like, very like direct and like blunt conversations, but I think I've learned that there's a difference between being direct and like being vulnerable. And I've kind of realized that about myself in like my romantic relationships and my friendships. And so that was a good like personal takeaway for me that I've learned just from being on the show and having to have conversations with like friends and with my boyfriend, my parents. Um, so yeah, that was a personal takeaway for me. Very cool. And Brianna? Um, yeah, my, you said my personal takeaway, right? Yeah, ju- just, just your what you learned from having that level of vulnerability in those tough conversations. I learned that, like truthfully, like people on the internet can be really harsh and you just really have to be confident in yourself and know yourself and just really like have a solid foundation, I think, to just like make sure that like other people's opinions aren't really affecting your like thoughts of your own self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I like it. I like it. I like it. So uh, as much as you all can, can you give us a sneak peek into season two? Um, I know everybody's very, very excited. Um, I don't know how, if you all have started, if you have a start date or anything like that. What happens? Uh, what, you all, what should we expect for season two from what you all know now? I'm hoping to show Butter by Brie really growing and really taking off. I really want to just express like my business, the business side of me and just really like go hard on my own business. So I'm really hoping to show a lot of that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we officially got Greenlit for season two. So that's exciting. I think we're all still kind of like on a high from that, um, that people want to watch us again. (laughs) Um, But I definitely think it's just going to be greater and bigger and better. Um, obviously our lives are changing as the show grows. So it'll be fun to kind of watch the trajectory from seasons one mm-hmm. and through, you know, however many we can go. So yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be new things. Nice. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of these women. 
<laughs> Good answer. Um, all right. So as we come to a close, I want to make sure every one of my listeners and everyone in uh, who lives in the 8th District, which is all of the Crenshaw District, um, a lot of South, uh, Southeast LA as well, uh, where can they get your products? So whether it's to engage the event planning, uh, get the body butter and the other products, how do they access um, and spend money with you all? Butteredbybreed.com. I'm sorry, Ty. She was ready with that. Brianna was ready no, with no, the butteredbybreed.com. Do the spelling, Brie, because it's spelled <laughs> oh, different. Yeah, because it's Thank not you, the sir. regular. Thank you. It's B-U-T-T-R-D-B-Y-B-R-I.com. Nice. And you can use code Scorpio yes, and then you can for a discount. Oh, there's discounts already. Look at you. Okay. And then you can go to housepartycreative.org um, and submit a form nice. that we will get to. <laughs> and you can catch me at www.thecollection, that's collection with a K, dot co, C-O, um, for all of your lash needs. Holidays wow. are coming up. Wow. All right. So we got three good websites. We'll put those up on the um the 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 website so uh, now we're getting to the the end of our show i give an opportunity as the council member i don't know uh if this is something that has ever occurred to you but if there's any question you have for the council member we have the next few minutes uh for any of you to ask one or more questions i have a question so the metro rail that's coming like down crenshaw yes when is it going to be like active and available for use? Uh, it, you know, that's a very, very good question. The Metro Rail, $2 billion Metro Rail. So originally it was supposed to be up uh, just before COVID, frankly, and then COVID happened and it got on track. They started running trains last year and it turns out there are problems with it. So the expectation now is that at the top of, um, or at, towards the end or the top of 2023, we'll be using the rail line. So this time next year, we should have a good idea on the exact date that we'll be able to ride the train. Uh, I'm going to invite you all to be on the inaugural ride down Crenshaw Boulevard on, uh, on the on the rail line. Yes. We'll, we'll make a thing of it. Any other questions? Um, is Crenshaw Mall really going away? You know, it's funny. Uh, I just literally, before I came here, met with the new owners of Crenshaw Mall. Uh, I was, I walked into that meeting, I'll be honest with you, I walked into that meeting expecting the owner to say, we're shutting down the mall, we're going to demolish everything, we're going to do construction. And actually, I heard the opposite, um, that they're going to bring new uh, stores in, they're going to try to uh, bring some brands in that we all know, like Hot and Cool. Uh, they just had a meeting with the folks who do um, Hilltop Coffee. Um, they've had uh, the, the Post and Beam restaurant they want to bring inside the mall and create uh, a very, very large patio. So they've got a lot of exciting plans for the mall. So, you know, if, if they're able to pull off, pull off uh, what they said they want to do, I think it's going to be very, very exciting. And they will do this all the while uh, doing housing construction. So it will not close. Um, you know, they, they, they will catch hell for me if they try to close the mall. Uh, but, it, you know, there's closing it. There's opening it and then there's opening it and running it well. So that's really what we're going for, opening it and running it well and making it a place that you really want to really, really want to be. Okay. I love that. Thank you. Love that. Any other questions? 
No questions. Thank you for inviting us to this yeah. platform. Yeah, Absolutely. Is- you got one last thing that we ask ev- all of our guests to do uh, to show us how much they know the neighborhood and love the neighborhood. I think this will be easy for you. This is called the lightning round. You don't. You take a second and then you answer and you all can just go in order. Uh, I have three questions. I'll start with the first one. Hopefully everybody's ready. The first question is, name your favorite movie based in South L.A. Menace the to Wood society. for me. One more. I'll just say The Wood. The Wood. All right. Menace to Society. Menace to Society. Wow, a throwback. Okay. Uh, uh, is there a third? Baby Boy. Gonna, Baby Boy. Wow. Wood, you, you have two. I'm going to say Love and Basketball. Yes. Love and Basketball. Those are all. Those are all excellent ones. Um, your favorite South LA restaurant. Serving spoons. Jack. Serving spoons. <laughs> Jack's Family Kitchen. We got a third one. Uh, Taco Mel. Taco Mel. Okay, I like it. A new one. A new one. And then, uh, what's the your uh, favorite LA radio station to listen to when you're stuck in traffic? Big Boy on the radio. Big Boy 92.3? Yes. Mm-hmm. I just saw Stevie Wonder at Posting Beam two weeks ago, so it's for KJLH. Yeah, you got to right represent for the, for the black owned station, KJLH. I like it. I like it. I like it. I, and I'm going to, uh, I didn't know Stevie was eating at Post and Meme these days. So that's very, very I- exciting. Thank you all so much. It was so great. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Did did he, uh, was he talking to people? Did he sing? Sometimes he sings when he comes to, comes to the restaurants in the neighborhood. He was like working on music, but he had his headsets on and they sat, sat him like in the corner. So nobody was really engaging with him. I see. I see. Back in the day, he used to sometimes come and sing at Roscoe's or uh, other spots in the neighborhood. So it's exciting to see that he's going to post and beam. Well, listen, I want to thank uh, all three of you so much for uh, being a part of the show and having this conversation with us. I want to thank you for what you all have done for our neighborhood, both by showing us who you are but also showing us who you are and how much you love uh, our neighborhood. So many times our neighborhood is cast as being more violent than it is, uh, more poor than it is, less beautiful than it is, less imaginative and less hopeful than it is. And you all have just broken through and shown us as we are and as we are developing with all the hope uh, that comes with us. So comes with that. So again, thank you so much for uh, being on the off the record. And we're all looking forward to season two. And we're all going to go on your website and purchase your products. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this conversation on building community through entrepreneurship. Special thank you to Morris Media Studios for hosting our podcast. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to like, rate us five stars, subscribe, and share the podcast with a friend. If you rate us four stars, you're a hater.